20% of your efforts basically gives you 80% of your results. So, I mean, with that in mind, now, even more than ever, I'd say your happiness, it comes from your habits and your choices internally to take a stand for yourself. I think before that, you got to observe and actually understand what the heck it is that you're doing and, you know, or not doing and just like trying to be a witness of your actions as much as possible. And, you know, you could do things like auditing your time or auditing your energy. Are you a burnt out overachiever buried in responsibilities? Do you miss laughing with your friends, just laughing from the gut? Remember that? Do you feel like life's passing you by? If you've been wishing for some kind of shift, you're in the right place. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, the show where we take you off the hamster wheel by ditching the to-do list for the to-don't list. This is where you get to learn how to make that lonely ache vanish, learn self-compassion techniques, and to give yourself grace. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul so you can learn from my experience and the mentors and experts I meet along the way. And today we're talking to one of those mentors, entrepreneur, marketer, and brand amplifier, Joe Fear. Are you ready to create your life that's more joy and less burnout? You're in for a treat hearing from Joe who hit that overwhelm and now has tips and tools for you so you can learn how to take back your time, your vitality, and your health. You get to stop wearing that mask like everything's okay right now. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Joe. Thank you, Lauren. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for the intro. And yeah, it was so sweet. And it's been, yeah, this is a, it's, it's great to be here. I know yeah, I'm very excited to do this. Okay, so I just listened to your episode for Hustle and Flowchart, and it was the one on happiness. It was the factors that determine happiness. And I, yeah, yeah <laughs> no, there was so much in it. And it was so surprising because you talked about some of it is inherited, but it was like 51% we mm. create. Yes. And it was getting enough sleep, which we hear about a lot the last few years, but, but we get to create our own happiness. And I know you have this guy's group and your own type of scorecard that you keep. And yep. I, it's because of Joe, by the way, that my scorecard that's on the website is now color coded and so much prettier. He had me tweak it. So it's so much better and easier to read and everything. So you want to talk about the factors that create that happiness and because you hit your overwhelm and had to slow oh, down. Yeah. So there's a lot built into that. So, it, so. there is. Yeah. And I'll, I'll kick it off with that for sure. And I forget the exact factors I said in that podcast. A lot of this stuff, sometimes it's, it's all rooted in the pillars or whatever I, you know, how I navigate my own life and happiness. But uh, sometimes, yeah, the specifics come out in different ways. I'll just say that this year has, has been totally different than most, uh, almost actually all of them because of that scorecard. So to highlight what you're doing here with your own scorecard and, you know, putting the pause into things and being more mindful overall with what we're doing with our actions and our in inactions. I mean, those are an action or a choice anyway, you know, happiness is a choice and who doesn't start with that. I think like what I, this might've been in the episode, I felt like I always had to be happy. And, or at least have like, yeah, I think happy actually. And I was like, you don't, you don't really have to be, have to be happy all the time. It's more like find a, what I've realized now, it's almost like neutral slash like a contentness. In a balance. Things. Yeah. And more like a harmony is what I always like to oh. say over even balance. Cause I used to oh, think I balance, like that. I'm like, it's kind of BS with balance. Cause let's be honest, life can be yeah, chaos. 
Yeah. But at the same time, you could feel good through it. Yeah, or at least feel neutral about it enough to keep your head straight, level-minded. So I feel like now I would almost <laughs> define happiness as that, like knowing that I'm putting my best expression and effort out there. And at the same time, I'm taking time for myself to be grounded enough. And so I can chill the F out a little bit because I think if I, if I did it, and a lot of us type A folks, we can just go, 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 go. And mm -hmm. I found myself in burnout many times or in a, a very kind of negative mindset that would then get patterns I probably developed from my father, I would imagine. It can turn into even little anger. Like, and just like when it, it's like that pent upness. And that's because it's, that's on me though. So these habits and like a checklist, when I'm, when I'm nailing the sleep, you know, getting at least seven hours, ideally more. And, you know, when I'm doing breath work in the morning, when I'm able to move my body in multiple ways, like I always crank out a hundred pushups a day throughout the day. And that's, it's like almost easy now. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Cause back in the day, it used to be very difficult, but it's just that consistently, you know, like, uh, what moving my body there's, I purposely, I moved my, uh, office right next to the home gym. <laughs> so it's like, I got to walk past all the kettlebells and all these rings. And I'm like, apparently I'm moving my body all day long, but I, that's like a mental, it's got to ground me. And if I'm not doing that, I get a little squirrely, get a little, uh, yeah, it's all over the place. So it keeps me focused and happy. Yeah. Um, and when I interviewed your wife, Heather, yeah. she was talking about how good you are and you're very regimented with as far as meditation and moving your body and all of that. And she, she could feel oh, yeah. it when she hasn't, but that you're really good at making sure you do that daily. Yeah, I'm happy. She, so she spoke very highly of you in that regard. So how did you get into meditation? Why did you start? How long have you been doing that? Good call. It's been a long time. So I'll say, I think a lot of this came out through work and the people I was working with, probably starting to almost 12 years ago-ish, maybe 11. And some of my first clients, so I was when I broke into this marketing space, started doing blogging and some content stuff with um, a good friend of mine, old business partner named Matt Wolf, who is now gone off into the AI world and has blown it up there on YouTube. You can find him. And uh, great guy. I'll be seeing him next week. It's, it's we still stay in touch. And but the point is, like we we started in this content phase. But then I always had a knack for visuals, putting like like giving feedback to you, like some color in there, Lauren. Like your background, everything's vibrant. You are as well. Like you have a, and that wasn't so vibrant. So it's like that. Well, that changed up, and it looks great now. And but I always had a knack for like things should look pretty nice. Um, so that would come through graphic design, video design or editing. And I would work with a lot of the personal development folks, uh, the space in San Diego. I just got connected with a bunch of these people locally here. And I just started making videos for them and different promotional videos, sales videos. So inherently that would have me learn what the heck this product is they're trying to sell with their, with their product launch. Mm -hmm. And some of those people I became business partners with, or at least I would do a lot of these launches. So it'd be like every six months, they would have a new product or launch. And inherently I like got to be knowledgeable enough. So I'd try some of the techniques out, a lot of meditation, breath work, visualization, affirmations, like all those, that stuff is always baked in. So I wouldn't say I had a regiment for something specifically until recently with that checklist. 
So it really keeps me on point. And then accountability partners help too. Yeah. Accountability uh, partners, huge, massive. huge. Yeah. Like-minded people that can, that you can be speak freely to and with, and then also at the same time, uh, hold you accountable. You know, yep. you do your check-ins and make sure you're doing what you say you want to do. Cause yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but breath work, I would say meditation and breath work. And when I say that, um, Wim Hof technique is the one specifically that I love because it's, it's, it moves everything. It frees my brain up. I do it in the morning, ideally, or feeling sluggish, you know, and yeah, and that's meditative. It's different than just sitting and being, you know, but so yeah, many yeah, techniques. Yeah. <laughs> there are whatever resonates whatever it is that resonates with you it all works yeah yeah, <laughs> all <for of> sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely so you and your partner matt broke up that has to have i mean it's like a marriage i mean it was you know yeah. certain certain things like that just throw you for a loop did you have that's a big pivot we have to pivot in life massive pivot yeah because <laughs> he was the one that i met through some mutual friends when we were in bands at the time. We actually never played in the same band, rock bands. It was in college and stuff. Ended up working at his family's shutter company. So like window shutters, they would manufacture those. And I just learned how, how they operate a business as a small, small business. I was like, this is cool. I didn't know much about entrepreneurship before that. I knew I wanted to do something and like the career job just wasn't really my jam. But uh, yeah, Matt was there and that's where him and I experimented on the off hours or the in hours when uh, we complete our other work. We'd be, you know, always researching like, what does this make money online or how do we, whatever, like market something online, you know, because we got this, it was uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, the purple book. <laughs> it was like that completely shifted both of our brains and like, ah, okay, yeah, got to get out of this dollar per hour garbage <laughs> like that's not yeah. that's not it that's not freedom so yeah it was kind of a mindset shifted at that point matt was always there we created a lot together over the years but honestly it was last year late last year where it was the tipping point for that you know we pivoted our business a handful of times and i think it's a little lack of uh this we weren't on the same path with the vision as much as we were in the past i think naturally you know we're getting interest in different ways he wanted to go some other ways, like honestly, like what he's doing now, creating content, being a lot more solo, tinkering around with tools and, and teaching, which he's great at. That's what he does now. And he's doing it very well. It's paying him. Um, for me, I've always worked really well with people, like collaborated, co-create, give strategy, provide resources. Sometimes it's the doing of it too, but ideally a lot less of that. That's just leverage for me. But yeah, so I do that more now. And talking, I essentially get paid to talk, which is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I've engineered that. But the, the breakup part was it, was, it was more looking at like, I was almost starting to go on a ride a little longer on a path that I wasn't choosing. And I was just, I was running the numbers, how much time I would spend on it. My energy was not feeling good. Because now I'm, I'm very clear that there's a time thing. You, know, you can value your time and you can value your energy. And, you know, like there's a type of energy you're putting out to the world. And if it's not good energy, dark energy, then, uh, yeah, it's probably not going to be received well by anyone around you. So that's where, I, you know, I mentioned anger and kind of this like tightness, had panic attack feelings last year, like around 
I would say like September ish. That's when I was like, holy moly, this is not good. You know, it's taking me out of my, it was just too much of a go, go, go. It's separate from the family. There was a lot of things that were just like, this isn't what I signed up for. And I just had to cut it off. Like after I literally got like so clear with the numbers, so dollar per hour, but then the energy, and then it was just very objective. And I had to spell that out in a Slack message, actually. It wasn't like a, and there was, we always communicated and we had a partner, separate one. I just had to spell it out in like black and white. Like, okay, here's what it is. It's not normally how I would approach things, but in this one, that's what made me feel clear. It was clear for him and it worked out, honestly. And I think it was for the best for him too, because he ended up pivoting, you know, after, after that little after. Can't speak for him on that on that side of things. But. Yeah, no, of course not. Yeah. Well, you talk about the eighty twenty rule. The um, and mm-hmm. I don't. It sounds so good. The way the maximum happiness with minimal effort. Like that sounds. <laughs> that that was in the. That's how it was written in the episode. Do you want yeah. to talk about the eighty twenty because you you mentioned that a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's just a. It's a smart framework. It's that Pareto's principle. You know, it's it's what is it. 20% of your efforts basically gives you 80% of your results. So, I mean, with that in mind, now, even more than ever, I'd say your happiness, it comes from your habits and your choices internally to take a stand for yourself. I think before that, you got to observe and actually understand what the heck it is that you're doing and, you know, or not doing and just like trying to be a witness of your actions as much as possible. And you know, you could do things like auditing your time or auditing your energy. Uh, I had a guy, Dan Martell, on my podcast recently, and he has this whole like system for auditing those two for like two weeks. And then you can kind of get a glimpse of like, oh, where is my self? Like, where am I taking myself? And uh, yeah, the 80-20, I think if you, especially the habits, establishing, for me, it's about 10 core daily habits. I'm not 100% on them at all. But with the consistency of sleep, push-ups, hydration, you know, working out, things like that, journaling, it's kind of hitting all the points that allow expression to happen or energy to even express, like working out, sweat, like it's good for our brains, moving energy. That's the 80-20. It's still a lot of work, <laughs> but I feel like yes. it's, it's, it's the work for yourself. It's got to start with you first. And then I feel like everything else just kind of falls into place if you don't hold on to it or put expectations out there too much. Yeah. Well, I'm a firm believer. If you journal and meditate and move your body, all those things, mm-hmm. everything else flows from there. I, right. I mean, it just, it just does. Um, and even if it's five minutes of journaling, like it doesn't have to be three, you know, three full pages. It could be a paragraph, yeah. but just anything. Let it out. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's a big thing. Uh, David Allen on the podcast a long time ago, and he created the Getting Things Done system. He wrote a book. I mean, it's a massively popular book. Yeah, mm-hmm. he even ran for president at one time. But like the big thing was to, uh, I think he called it the inbox, but basically brain dump everything yeah. on your mind. And just that alone, talking about 80-20 of the GTD system, brain dumping your brain. That was advice I gave to my wife, Heather, actually, because for a while she was just carrying so many plans and systems and reminders and things in her brain. I was like, you need a piece of paper and you need to write it all down. (laughs) You'll feel better. So how did you get from being a workaholic? This is what you had to someone who's a bit more chill and can take off days and spend them with your family. 
It was, uh, I would say my wife, Heather, is a big proponent or the one that has allowed me to see that. I think I started that way before. Like I always had that chill kind of go with the flow uh, vibe. And then it got a little tighter and a little more, you know, like, eh. and I think that was with with my partner, Matt, but then doing all of these things that I felt like I wasn't really totally aligned with, or it just felt like I, I don't know, like it was just a little bit too much. That's where I started to get a little tighter. And through Heather's progression, which is nice, because like we we co-create, it's kind of like co-preneurs, you know, and that's one of the episodes or two of them, maybe. Yeah, it's they're, like, they're really good. Yeah. Yeah, there's it, it's awesome to have a partner and we always have been interested in what each other are doing. We're able to genuinely talk about the stuff, the hard stuff we're going through, stuff in business, stuff in life. Yeah, am I always open and receptive? No, not always. <laughs> I am human. But at the same time, like she's always reminding me, you know, be nice to my Joey is what she says specifically. And I'm like, yeah. And I knew her when I was still called Joey, actually in middle school. I don't know if she told yeah, you that one. She did. She yeah, did. Okay. <laughs> so she could say that. Uh, but yeah, no, like those little reminders and like even like a day like today where I'm doing four podcasts, this is the fourth, you know, didn't really eat much today, but I do that on purpose because I feel like it keeps my brain actually on more and not sluggish. But like Heather just kind of laughs at me and she's like, you're rocking, you know, and like she knows I'm doing a lot, but at the same time, I'm not like frantic at all. I feel like it's just kind of the habits are there enough to where I'm like baseline neutral. I'm not feeling all like worked up emotionally or whatever. There's a lot to do, a lot to go on, but it's all good, you know? And I don't know. So yeah. somebody who isn't aligned with what they feel like they should be doing and they know they need to make a shift, but they're not, they're scared. Mm. What would you tell them? If they're scared, you got to address it. And that's the hardest thing is, um, yeah, it's things open up once you, once you realize what you have been neglecting or maybe not looking at in your life. And sometimes, you know, a, a really horrible event maybe <laughs> forces you to look at it, you know, uh, it could be whatever. I mean, we've all had the dark days, the dark nights. I mean, I could talk about those. I lost my dad to suicide. That was a massive awakening point. And then I had my daughter, our four-year-old now, almost two weeks after that point. So it was like the lowest low and then the highest high that we worked to have her for like six, seven years, I think at that point. So yeah, um, those were like big smacks across my face. And then there, there were others actually right in succession along with that. So the last, like, I would say, Lauren, the last four years, four and a half, have been like some of the wildest, eye-opening, dragged through the mud years of my life where it was just insane. Yeah. But I would never change anything because I learned so much. I confronted a lot of those things, like through journaling. There's a, a self-authoring program. It's called by Jordan Peterson. And if you love what he, what he does or not, Take for what it is, the process works. It's fabulous. And it's not any, it's just so black and white. It's like essentially addressing your past and just reliving it enough to like, all right, what are the things that keeping you stuck? Like, you know, and 
it's really not until you work through these things like those patterns, the things, the moments in your life that are probably conditioned you, definitely conditioned you to where you're at right now. And if you're not aware of them, they're just going to keep happening. You just yeah, might not know definitely. that. Yeah. 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 If you don't, if you don't know what those are, or even just your limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all um, there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. wild. When you get you past you, you're like, yeah, it feels great. Oh, or yeah. at least neutral I, again. I just, I just, in the episode I just recorded, I, I was talking about if it's hysterical, it's historical. Like if you have some really, a much stronger emotional reaction to something that's going on, even if it's just something your partner said, it's probably not what he or she or they said. It's probably something from your past you haven't dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's historical. Yeah. Because it's going back. I'm yeah. Tell you. Yeah, yeah, until you some button yeah. some button was uh, installed a long time ago. Like they hit that button and they didn't install it. You know, it's like, that's right. <laughs> you got to yeah. work on some time. <laughs> yeah, you you do, and and I think the biggest thing is forgiveness is to not put that yeah. weight on yourself. And you know, like losing my dad, I'll just say immediately I started seeing all the patterns and the things that I think led him to that point. I don't have any answers to that, so I can only pontificate. Yeah. But at the same time, and that's okay. I think I'm pretty accurate in that. Like he actually stopped doing a lot of things that made him him. Like he was an avid runner. Um, he would play guitar and sing in bands or just so he'd write songs. I actually have a song right now in front of me, handwritten from him that I still want to actually because he wrote like the the chords and the and the yeah oh, everything. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But he stopped doing that. He stopped cooking. He loved all that. So there are certain things that just made him him. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, it didn't take long. It took like a year-ish to like really have, I think to a point where he became impulsive, probably something triggered and just went down the the dark place. And I I looked up a stat today. I was talking to a longevity um, doctor, Dr. Savage, who will come out on my podcast pretty soon. And we we're talking about this because he... He was experienced, like he's had some of these moments too. And he was like, look up the stat on entrepreneurs with uh, suicide rate. And it's yeah. pretty scary. I don't think I saw the suicide rate, but I saw like the, the diagnosed because he was like, this has got to be diagnosed or else it wouldn't have a stat. It was like 72% of entrepreneurs experience some type of deep depression or depression. Whereas like people who are not entrepreneurs are about, it's like 48%, I think it is still high you know it's um, the whole that's it it ties in with the whole loneliness factor of people being alone or here we are we're on zoom we're and we think oh yeah we we're connected in this that we're not mm. it's not the same as physically being with other people and yep. texting isn't the same and um and that we have to be together i accumulated all my messages of hope and from talking to elders which is how this all started is me talking to elders about what's the meaning of life why are we here it was my soul wow. search and the number one thing is community. Mm-hmm. We have to physically be together. Besides love and service, which is number two, we're helping others, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. But if we're not together physically, yeah. we don't get that community. And the loneliness is huge. But you have to tell somebody and you have to be aware that you're lonely. Mm-hmm. And That's true. And do you remember that stat from undergrad where like it might have changed, but the most susceptible to suicide and severe depression were 
single elderly retired military men. Oh, I believe it. I have heard something like because that. Because they I know won't military. tell anybody. Yeah. Um, Old school, mm. right? Like, yeah, right? Like, no. This taboo or just like with military. I mean, let's be honest. That's why right? it, it is such an issue. It's horrific stuff a lot of them gone through. And you don't want to face that. they would never tell anyone like some 80-year-old retired military man who's all by himself. He would never say, oh, I'm lonely. I can't no, imagine. I know. Yeah, I'm <laughs> thick skin. I'm tough. Yeah, like, right. Yes, you are, but, or and, <laughs> you're still yeah. human. And so that's why I, I forgive forgive yourself for whatever action or inaction you're you're experiencing right now because it's okay <laughs> it's uh yeah life's pretty damn tough but at the same time it doesn't have to be so tough when you're like when you're taking control of what you should be doing for yourself you know it's well you create a lot of community down in san diego just mm -hmm. and you talk about creating community do you want to give some suggestions and ideas because maybe there's something people listening oh i would love to do this yeah. Maybe they want to start a podcast. I don't know. If they want to start a podcast, they should probably contact you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> part of it. And yeah, helping be. people. But, and we'll have links to everything that Joe does. Um, but besides that, as far as starting community, you're so good at creating community. Thank you. I mean, I, I feel like that is a superpower of mine. And, and it's, it wasn't until later or when I have, you know, my wife, Heather, would tell me or friends would be like, duh, Joe, like you bring people together. You, uh, before the pandemic, all the COVID stuff, like I would always want to have parties here at the house or wherever gathering. And it was me curating the people I wanted to hang out with. And yeah. that's literally what I do on my podcast every day. And I know the impact of that when I curate the right people in this, my virtual community online through the podcast is I know that's going to have a ripple effect. So who I bring on is going to influence the message that's told to the listener, to their family, to their clients, up, 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 greater community. And it's like, not, not until I realized that I was like, holy crap, like I have such a responsibility here to curate the right people to deliver that message. So I, I do that through the podcast it does create community there. I know it. <laughs> and uh, you're part of that. So thank you very much. But then in, in person, and also, you know, I've, I've done many meetup events, like there's a lot of different styles. I've, I've done those. And usually it's with other people. I love to co-create masterminds as well, doing one in January. And that's, that's a co-created thing. So I love figuring it out with someone else because I think there's way more power in that. And, you know, you're just going to get a wider, you know, color of people, basically all, all different walks of life coming in. And I think that's, what's cool to share, uh, perspectives but then like what i noticed with like house parties for instance everybody's going to want to talk with you or at least they're going to know that you're the one that connected maybe two new friends and like you're that kind of line that goes in between that and they're going to remember probably the place the time you all the above and i think that's when i realized i'm like wow okay connecting people and being deliberate and and bringing community together like it's actually more than just like, hey, let's have a party at my place. You know, that's it's actually like, no, you're you're selecting community to bring to other people that may may or may not know each other, but you're creating experiences. I mean, it could be over like drinks or whatever, or it could be, you know, a mastermind where we're actually helping each other out to whatever grow what we're what we're up to. So community is huge though. You need the connection and you're right. Like I feel like there's a separation of a lot of people 
right now. And I think that's changing for some people. I think that's becoming more aware, but people are still awkward and don't want to go out or mm. it's too expensive and which is all true <laughs> in some regards. But at the same time, it's like, well, we're still human, you know, and don't let what politics and all the world stuff, all that external get in the way because still have the human experience that we can't let go and replace it with our phones or Instagram or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. And we can all hold space for each other no matter what's going on for sure. Yeah. So what's the hardest challenge that you've gone through and how did you get through it? Ooh, it's definitely losing my dad. Um, I would say that and, you know, I didn't go deep into that story, but at the same time, it's it's this feeling of um, that, like at an early was middle school, my parents divorced. And I feel like that was the point when I felt more responsibility than I was ready for because he moved out. I was essentially told I was the man of the house at that point. Like, oh, cool. Great. <laughs> like, was totally ready for that one. Um, no. But yeah. And then I feel like that made it for confusion era, you know, middle school, high school, figuring myself out. It wasn't until, you know, band life is like, oh, now expressing myself and not really holding back because I was kind of shy, believe it or not, uh, before practice uh, podcast help, <laughs> playing music help. And, but the hardest part I would say was, yeah, my, my dad and, and realizing like those patterns, not to give kind of like the same answer as before, but really like realizing because that gap from like middle school to when he passed, like he ended up moving away, went to the East Coast, a mountain. San Diego. And yeah, so there was a separation. There wasn't that dad support. He he kind of became more friend-like, you know, like a good friend. So that wasn't the, res- I mean, that's not the, the relationship I wanted. I think everyone should have a fatherly figure of sorts, a mentor or someone to help guide them. And I don't know, I felt like it was almost opposite in a lot of ways. So that felt a little weird too. And yeah, losing him, then it was like, holy crap, look at all these patterns that I wasn't totally aware of that he inadvertently passed down to me. And I'm now being like a holy crap moment, seeing all these different things that for one, or, you know, at first I was like, how the hell could he do that? You know, little resentment, all that whole processing stuff. And then realizing, no, he was a good man. He was a great man. He did his best as everyone does. But he just wasn't aware of some patterns that were likely given to him through however conditioning. We all got that. I think this is where I really realized patterns and understood, holy crap, yeah, childhood trauma. Like, I did fostering as well. So, like, we fostered some kids. And I understood then, like, how much of an imprint period that is when you have a kid, especially us, like, four days out of the NICU. Like, holy shit, that's a lot of responsibility. (laughs) And that kid's going to walk throughout life with what we imprint her with and and that's what I just noticed my dad did for me so that, honestly it's it's being aware of that and then working through it because I didn't want to pass negative stuff to my kids you know and breaking the chain that's that's pretty tough yeah definitely yeah. but what incredible work you've done Thank you. It's yeah, not I mean, done. That's... It's not done. No, not I know. Done. It's always peeling the onion, you know? It's yeah. like, I think it's a lifetime uh, challenge. Mm-hmm. It is. And at the same time, I would never have it any other way. Like, I mean, I feel like that's so cliche, but it's so true. That's like what made up life. And there's a lot of external stuff we can't control. 
So I was about like, to say there's no choice. Yeah. So. Well, there's nice. a book recently with some doctor uh, guy. Yeah, I was writing about like there's no free will at the end of the day, like uh, which you know he makes an interesting argument. Yeah, Check it, it out is. if you I want. Mean, you could get into a whole thing. I mean, but I we have a choice whether to work on ourselves or not, and yep. how deep we can work on ourselves, or we could just do Netflix all day, I guess, instead. And that that's is a free, choice that's, of yours. Yeah, that's yeah. free will, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> that is. Yeah. And then you're still going to have life imposing its own will on you. Yeah. You can't control. And that's kind of the point he's making. I think I, I'm, I'm sure this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a, so it's a right. interesting topic, but it is. Yeah, it could lead you to like, oh, that's great. I don't have to worry about so much. Or it's like, oh, this is meaningless. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's you know, all going over. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I don't have to work. <laughs> yeah. And that's some people's thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. think that's anybody listening or coming. I don't think it's so. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Um, do you have a message I hope you want to give? Oh, I feel like we're exactly where we are supposed to be. And I fully believe that. It, it takes time to understand that and and uh, maybe slow down enough to see that. And that goes through doing the work on yourself and really like a lot of what we were talking, like uncover your past and and cover those things that where you feel like your mind just wants to go to all the time and think, well, what is that all about? You know, it's like, yeah, our minds are powerful machines, but also let's be present and try to take in what it is that we want to focus on, you know? And I think that's understanding and believing that where we're at right now is perfectly fine. It's totally good. And we have the choice, <laughs> enough, enough choice. To make the choice, like I said, almost in the beginning, it's like an action or inaction and do it in a way that's balanced or, or harmonious. Uh, yeah, harmonious. Yeah. I like the har harmony. Yeah. And it should be because like, or you can call it flow or whatever it is, but like you, you could still be that A player, A driver, you know, A type person. But let's be honest, we all have enough, you know, 24 hours, same 24 hours, but it's like, how are you going to use it? And then also, how do you apply the energy? light energy are you feeling good and expressing and is it received or is it dark where it's like oh, maybe you shouldn't be doing that or maybe uh you know get someone else to do that automate it delegate it kill it <laughs> stop doing it you know so yeah that's what i got i love that <laughs> that's so good yeah Yay. thank you i love um, what you're doing here lauren too with because it's like we talked about this in the and the chats that we've had, you know, the one-on-ones and stuff. And it's like, this is definitely a thing right now where, you know, just slowing down a little bit enough to pause. And because let's be honest, when we step away from things, that's when things kind of come together, you know, the right things attach as long as you're, you know, you're, you're settled enough to receive those, those messages. So. Yeah. Answers emerge in the pause. That's it. I yeah. like that too. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else I should have asked you that I didn't ask you will be done? You'll be like, Lauren didn't ask me this. I don't think so, because I know you did your research and and this hit on the core of what I wanted to get out here anyway. And because I genuinely think yeah, the patterns, knowing yourself and be open to working through that stuff. And there's tools out there. I mentioned you know, the self-authoring tool, journaling just in a notebook, but focusing on what are those things in your past that are holding you whatever however way it's holding you back or maybe you know stopping you from taking that next step they just clear through it 
it's going to be tough, but then it's quickly not going to be tough anymore. <laughs> and then, yeah. then you move on and it feels good. Yeah. So let that shit go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Thank you, Lauren. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you the messages of compassion, expression, and honesty. Such fulfilling messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to share the episode with your friends and to rate and review the podcast so more people feel less alone in the overwhelm and to remember to pause. Answers emerge in the pause and instead of adding to your to-do list, how about a to-don't list? If you're interested in starting a podcast or just using the us to accelerate or expand your business, Joe has a business podcast accelerator program starting where you can harness the power of podcasting to grow your brand, business, and community. There's a link for it in the show notes and on the website with all the links to everything Joe's talking about listed below. And the, the show notes are the, is in the description of what the podcast is about. Be sure to tune in next week when we're talking about what does your best life look like? It's a super empowering episode, allowing you to feel more authentic and focused again. You do get to align with who you really want to be and do those things you really want to do. You'll love this episode next week. It's so good. This is a show for burnt out overachieving type A'ers. And unlike other shows for burnt out overachievers, only we take you off the hamster wheel by ditching your to-do list for the to-don't list. Until next week, I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>